Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, travelers? It is Ricky Venters and Marlon Madden, and we're back with you again for another week of, come on, say it with me, the Success Success Journey Journey Show. Show. Yes, yes, man. So glad to be back with you guys again uh, for another week. We have a great guest that's going to be coming and sharing with you in a few minutes. But, man, Marlon, what's going on with you this week? How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing. I'm living the dream, like I always say, right? Yeah, living yeah, the dream. Yeah. Still, still haven't been on the court, um, but you know, I have my basketball room in front of my house, and I still put up shots on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, what is it? The playmate, the playmate one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the dunk on it. Yeah, 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 three feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ricky, man, I, what I'm really loving is this new platform that we're doing our shows on because, and you know, at first we're we're really leery about. We're not, we don't want to put our faces out there. Not that we're hiding, but we're not the guys that want to be in the forefront, like, oh, look at me. But then, you know, because of COVID and everything, and we started to use Zoom more and Teams and Meet and all these different, um, different platforms, I'm really happy that we decided to go with this platform because now we get to, you know, see our guests. Um, people get to see what our guests look like, get to see what we look like. And, you know, yeah. it's more interactive, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we're hoping that you guys are, liking these hey just leave us a comment review wherever um on any of our platforms social media platforms uh successjourneyshow.com go there you can um see our youtube page you can see our social media platforms our blog all the the whole nine our merchandise we have uh, t-shirts we have books you know we have it all guys um it's all there for you so leave a review let us know how we're doing here not only how we're doing here, if you have any other suggestions of people that you like to hear their stories um, and you have contacts or you want us to get in contact with them, you know, let us know and we'll go after it. But, definitely, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. Cool, cool. So Marlon, man, uh, before we get to it, before we get to it, man, I want to I wanna bring a, um, just a, just a saying, man, today, man. And I don't know what we're going to call this segment, but I think we're going to start adding this segment here because there's something I was just thinking about this week. And I'm, I'm pulling up right here, pulling up right here. I should already have pulled up with my phone lock, locked on me. Uh, good. We like the, we, we like the transparent, man. We love it. Yeah. 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 Right, we, we love seeing you struggle, struggle with technology. I like seeing it. No, no, no. <laughs> I might struggle with technology. <laughs> and you may, you may have heard this before, man, but, and I, I just want—I just want to talk a little bit about what what this means for you right here. So, without without a cow, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. I'm gonna say it mm. again: like, without a cow or oxen, or whatever, uh, a stable stays clean. Correct. You need a strong ox for a large harvest, man. What, what does that mean to you, man? Oh man, I like how you put me on the spot, but I'm just thinking about. The state will stay clean if you don't have the ox. So, A, it's empty. Nothing to work on. I can just stay out my, at my house, look out the window, and I know I don't have to go to that stable. It's clean. Yeah, yeah. Right? But then if I want to reap some harvest, if I think I got to get some, some kind of residual, some kind of income, whatever it is I'm trying to get back or produce, I'm going to have to, what's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be my pros and cons, right? Or what's going to be my trade-off? Yes, I'm going to have to clean the stables, but that oxen is going to make me, um, that, that harvest is going to come in because of that oxen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to look at life and look at, for me, look like that trade-off that you have to do. Sometimes you have to give up some time. A, without, without you having a project, your time is yours. You, you don't have to worry about your time. You can sit down and watch the WNBA, you watch the um, NBA, watch, it, watch whatever you want to watch. But guess what? Now, if I have a project, I'm going to have to give up that watching the TV at that time to say, hey, let me sit down and, and have to put my foot to the plow or my oxen to the plow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, when I read that um, last week, uh, actually, no, I read that this morning, um, I was like, man, you know, a lot of people want it that easy way. You know, who wants to clean up? You know, who wants to take care of, of, of something? You know, they just want, but at the end of the day, they actually want the harvest. Yes. They, they want to reap the benefits right. of it, but they they don't want to do the hard work it takes or the cleanup it takes in order to get there. So 
you know, our travelers, man, I, I, I want to share that with you just for one. I want to hear your thoughts, you know, go to our Instagram page, man. We can post up this quote here. I want to hear what you think about this, but you know, take a listen to that, man. Like look at yourself, you know, are, are you shying away from, you know, uh, having that ox and whatever that ox represents for you, whether it may be starting that business, whether it be going to school and studying, whether it be, you know, uh, you want to be a professional athlete and actually getting to work uh, and working on your body, working on your craft. You want to be an artist. You want to work on your craft. You know, all these things that take the work that do the crafting for you. Uh, are you shying away from that? Knowing that you, but really envy the people that are getting the results. So you got to make sure you got to make up your mind now saying, Hey, you know what? All right. You know, it's going to be work. But Mark Bonner said the trade-off is, I'm going to reap a harvest at the end. And that harvest may be money for you. That harvest may be health for you. That, har that harvest may be a, a, a great marriage, great relationship. Uh, I can't tell you what that harvest is going to be, but it's all going to be about what you are willing to, to work at in order to get there. So, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I, just, well, I don't know what we're going to call that segment, but we're going to start adding those yeah, uh, I like every that. week. I like that. On the fly, I like it. Yeah, and we're going to – I want you guys to really comment on it as well. But – we're going to jump right into it today, man. We have a great, uh, phenomenal guest. Uh, man, you guys, the last few weeks, we told you we're going to bring, bring in the heat. We told you we're going to bring in some guests that are going to share just their stories, you know. Um, and, this, and this person today is going to do exactly the same, and we're excited to hear her story. Her name is none other than Jasmine Orsted. Orsted. Jasmine Orsted. Uh, Jasmine, what's going on? How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing really great, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the Success Journey Show. Why don't you start off by just sharing with our travelers and listeners all around the world just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, first off, thank you guys so much just for giving me this opportunity. Oh, Y'all have had WNBA players, Wounded Warriors, so this is just... It's, it feels really good to be able to have the uh, same type of platform. So thank y'all. I appreciate it. Oh, thank no problem. You. No problem. Thanks for being here. Yeah. But, um, I had the privilege of growing up outside of Washington, D.C., Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, but I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So I got the best of uh, both worlds, you know. Got okay. the small <laughs> city, so. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. And, and, and so tell, tell me the time frame. So you was in you grew up in D.C., went out to Tennessee. Around what time, around what ages did you did you spend in each of those areas? All right. Well, um, I, like I was born in Nashville, but oh, Nashville. my dad was in the Army, so we just went back and forth, but mainly up here. But, you know, the summers, you got to go visit the family in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Get the soul food, you know. Get that soul food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> don't get too much, though. Oh, man, I tell you, don't get too much. <laughs> <laughs> Summer changes. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Get it, get it, get it. Yeah, and when you and when you're growing up, like, what are some things that you were, you know, just excited about getting into? Um, you know, just growing up, going back and forth between, you know, DC and Nashville. Um, well, you know, very few things are constant between the city and the country. But for me, the one thing was always sports. Mm. So I ran. I ran I played basketball from ever since I can remember to still now because you know I still be breaking the ankles but <laughs> that was the love of my life but basketball that's the main one mm. and how did you fall how did you fall into that like what, what was it like was it you know can you remember the day that you know it's like man I'm, I'm, I really love this sport above like soccer or you know uh, baseball or softball or whatever it is you know or track you know i'm not gonna run anymore i'm gonna focus on basketball like what was that deciding factor for you i just i don't know it's the feeling you get when you play basketball because you know you go into a race or whatever the stats might not change that much for basketball it's about who wants it the most so i might be shorter i might be whatever else but as long as i want it more i'm gonna come out on top so yeah, i'm yeah, just yeah. i'm just loving it forever love it love it now, were, were you like, just to paint a picture for our travelers, were you like um, uh, uh, country uh, uh, basketball, like Larry Bird out in Indiana, you know, shooting you know, like a, a peach, into a peach basket type thing? Or in a crate. In a crate. I mean, you know, one of the craziest things for me, um, 
when I was in high school, so like 2009 to 2012 time period, I went back to my granny's for the summer and I went to the court with my cousins and I had uh, the sliders on and everybody's like, why do you have those on? You're going to go to the pool and they playing in cowboy boots. So I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> what? This is like a completely different world. Because if I came to Woodbridge in some cowboy boots, I ain't going to make it no way. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, the, and, and I can attest that you could play ball. I'm not going to lie. Um, I had the privilege of being in L.A. fitness. Uh, I saw this young lady come in and, you know, usually – I'm not going to disrespect my females, but a lot of the females, they'll come in and they'll go on the other side and just shoot around. And you'll be like, hey, you want to you, you, you wanna get on the next? And they'll be like, no, I'm just shooting around. But she didn't come and say, oh, I want to shoot around. She's like, oh, who am I going to run with? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, have your uh, ankles recovered yet? Are you good? <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Cool. I, was, I know I wasn't guarding you. You're, she was <laughs> that um, young man that um, was guarding her. And I was like, hmm. So I started to sit down and talk to her and she kind of shared with me her story um, on what was going on. And I would definitely like for you to share the story of, uh, of you know, how basketball took you, the love, the love of your life or basketball, um, the game you love, took you to a place where you're like, you know, I could do this for on a, on a, not only at a high school level, but on a, on a collegiate level. But that was met with some um, opposition. Um, could you just tell us about that? Okay. Um, well, like I said, I loved basketball. Um, so after I graduated, I didn't want to move away from my parents just yet. So I attended Northern Virginia Community College so I could stay home. You know, they could support me and everything. Yeah. And uh, I played and I was the MVP of the team and I had a great year. But still, I didn't want to leave my parents just yet, so I searched Division Threes uh, within the area, and I found Mary Washington. And I decided to go to Mary Washington because, again, like I knew I, want, I didn't want my career to stop just at the collegiate level. I had dreams of going overseas, and I was like, okay, let me check stats and everything. And I compared my stats to the girls that were coming back. And I was like, oh, okay, I can be the big fish in the little pond, so, you know, let's do it. Um, I talked to the coach and she told me, you know, all you have to do is get through two months of preseason and there's tryouts. And again, like I knew I was going to work hard through preseason and I had compared my stats. So I was like, all right, like this is going to be my home for the next three years. But from uh, day one of the preseason, uh, Mary Washington is a PWI. So primarily white institution and there were mainly white girls on the team so we're in again the first day we're stretching and two of the white girls come in and one white girl says I wonder why black people name their kids the way they do they're setting them up for failure and another white girl was like I don't know they just I knew somebody named Ladasha and I'm like you know what is this but I just brushed it off I was like okay maybe that is an offhand comment but, you know, okay, but it persisted. Um, there was another time we had to go around the circle and tell things about ourselves. And so one of the white girls said that her family had done missionary work in Haiti, which is one of the most beautiful things, you know, you can do to try to impact others and help them out. But a white girl responded, so um, did you get a picture with the skinny, hungry black boy? And I'm just like, did you know did she really just say that but all of the white girls and excluding myself and another black um, girl trying out laughed and so there were two other black girls on the uh, that were trying out and I was like okay like the one that has been here before and she's returning you know she's gonna tell them that's not an okay joke because you're more familiar with them but when it gets to her and it's her turn to share um, a secret about herself she says that, hey guys, if you trace my last name, it goes to my slave owners. And again, all the girls except for myself and one of the other black girls trying out just fall on the ground laughing. And I'm like, you know, what is this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then it gets to the point where um, it's two of the girls' birthday parties and they wanted us to pay for alcohol. And I was underage and, well, a lot of people were underage. 
but I didn't drink and I don't drink. So instead of going, you know, I still wanted to show I'm trying to be your friend. So I got them this huge birthday card. I got all the girls on the team to sign it. I got the coaches, the trainers, just trying to show that I'm not going to go to your party, but I'm still trying to be your friend. So the next Monday comes around and the other black girl I mentioned that didn't go along with any of the jokes or make black jokes for the white girls to laugh at, she gets called into the office. And the coach says, well, I'm not going to let you try out because the girls told me that you did underage drinking and that they don't think you fit in. They didn't tell that they provided the alcohol for her to do underage drinking, and they didn't tell that other girls were doing underage drinking, just her. And that's what would have happened to me if I went, but again, that's not my scene, so I didn't go. Um, There were other comments made pretty much every day, like, the girls weren't exactly sure what my ethnicity was because they saw my mom pick me up, drop me off, and they saw my dad pick me up and drop me off. And one day they decided, well, we're going to go around the circle and tell um, our ethnicities. So, you know, other girls, <laughs> said, wow. you know, German, Irish, um, different types. <laughs> and they get to one of the black girls, the black girl that was returning, she says, hey, one of my parents is black, but the other one is blurple, like so dark, they're purple. Mm. And everybody falls on the ground laughing except for me. And then they say, so what are you? And I'm like, well, my mom is African-American and my dad's Norwegian. And they're like, so is European? And I say, yes. So he's white. And I say, yes. So your white daddy had a kid with a black woman and actually married her? Yes. You know, this isn't um, some new age thing. It ain't like a unicorn (laughs) on the moon or just something unheard of. So I'm like, yes. And half of them fall on the ground laughing and the other half just look like this is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. And I didn't respond to it because, you know, that's part of the trap that if I would have responded, you know, now I can potentially be painted as an angry woman. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to keep working hard and they're going to like me if I'm showing you nothing but love. There's no way that you can hate me. Yeah. And my mom who is older and wiser, she's like, Jazz, like, you can't be so nice that Mm -hmm. if somebody has been taught to be a certain way from 22, 23 years old, like, you're going to change it. But I'm like, no, mom, love is going to win, you know. But Mm -hmm. then it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to work so hard and be so good that you're going to want me on your team because you're going to see I'm going to help you in games. And again, my mom is like, well, Jazz, you ain't going to be so good that somebody's going to be like, I want her to have my spot instead of me. So again, I just still thought I'm a persevere. So two weeks before tryouts, the coach calls me in and she says, I'm not going to let you try out. Mm. I'm like, huh? And she says, yeah, the girls say that you're a nice, kind person. They just don't think you fit in. And I say, well, maybe I don't fit in because I'm not making or laughing at black jokes and I'm not participating in underage drinking. And she told me good, bad or otherwise, right, wrong or otherwise, I'm not going to let you try out. Mm. So I was at the tryout for the team. Wow. So that, that is a lot to unpack, especially, yeah. with, especially with the, um, the current environment. Um, did you ever think, let me see, how, 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 and I know you said you wanted to, you know, love conquers all, um, approach, but how was your, what was really, what was going through your mind when that happened? Were you saying that, you know, oh, when they say that, that, that one joke that, you know, got under your skin, were you like, how, how are you, how are you really feeling when you're by yourself in your room thinking about the situation? I mean, you know, I I was hot. I was, you know, very angry. Mm. Um, But it's also, you know, as a Black woman, Mm -hmm. however I react to a situation is going to get interpreted a specific way. Even if I'm not having an attitude or whatever the case, it's going to get weaponized. So I just knew like, okay, maybe if I just keep being nice, like there's no way you can hate somebody that goes out of their way to be nice to you despite what you're giving to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man, that's bad. That's crazy. So 
what happened with basketball? I mean, now you, you went in there because it was your love. You know, you went in there. You didn't want to give up on your dreams. Um, and really, you're just really trying to play ball. I mean, that, that was – I mean, that's what you're trying to do there with them is play. Um, I mean, what made how, – how did you start looking at that? You know, just your whole basketball career and just your dream and how you felt like now is jeopardized because, you know, they won't even let me try out. Right. Um so, you know, initially, all I did was cry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just sat in my bed and cried because it's like I did everything right. You know, yeah. I did do the underage drinking. I stood by my morals. I just felt like, you know, I worked hard and I knew I deserved it because, again, my statistics spoke for themselves. And there were girls returning from the year before that only scored two points the entire season. So I'm like, you know, I know I deserve this. Um, but I was depressed and it got to the point where, um, my mom heard me crying. So she came into my room and she bought the, uh, Ben and Jerry's, which Ben and Jerry's monkey. <laughs> love. Okay. That is, you haven't tried it. You definitely have to try it. Um, but she brought in my chunky monkey and then she was like, you know, tears aren't going to solve anything. Um, this will make you feel good for the moment. That's why I got it for you. But if you want to feel good in the long run, you're going to stop the tears. You're going to put some hard work in, and you're not going to let the bullies win. You're going to follow your dream. And into your your little segment that you talked about, Rick, with the oxen. Yep. yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You want to sit. You know, you don't want to sometimes, like I said, you, guys, you don't know what that cleanup is going to look like. You don't know what that, pain is going to look like you don't know what that discomfort is going to look like but if you have a goal in mind you, you can't let that deter you from going after it you know so share with us jasmine and, and thank you so much for sharing so far because this is a, a touching topic you know uh, especially in the time that we're living in now um where you know it has brought been brought more to the front the sort of um limelight just uh this racial uh inequality things of that nature uh, prejudice, racism, all those different things, um, which you have, you experienced right there on that campus, uh, and that no one should ever be experiencing in 2000 plus whatever, you know, at all, you know? Um, so thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, you know, it's, I I look at it now and, you know, you said, Hey, your, your, your mother said, you got to get up and, you know, wipe the tears away and get to work, you know? Did work look like, you know, working harder in, in basketball? Did work look like, hey, I'm going to be more of an advocate? Did work look like, oh, I need to go back to school and study this? Like, t- share with us what work looked like for you in, in order to overcome this. All right. Well, so from that specific night where she was like, you know, if you want to win, I was like, okay, but what is what is my goal? You know, the short-term goal going to be? And I happened to play in the summer league that the – uh Mary Washington team played in the summer league as well. And so I just knew like, when we play them, I want to win, I want to beat them. This is going to be like, I didn't get, you know, my time in court with them, but I'm going to have my time on the court and I'm going to get buckets. So, you know, that's what I was training for. Every mile, every push up, every, everything was just, okay, this is how, this is what's going to be my defining moment. Um, and it, when we actually played them, it was just crazy because, you know, there's about four of the Mary Washington girls that actually played um, on the summer league team. But the day that they played my team, all of the girls from the basketball season where I wasn't allowed to try out showed up. They brought their friends. They brought their parents, you know, waiting to see me lose. Wow. And, you know, like I see all of them like roll in there when we we're warming up and I'm like, Really, like y'all ain't been here for any other game, but you want to see me lose when y'all are the reason I'm not following my dream right now. I didn't do anything to you. Yeah. But so my team uh, ended up winning by 20 points. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, but the thing is, with about 20, 15 seconds left, um, all four of the Mary Washington girls checked out and they left the gym along with their mm-hmm. friends and the other Mary Washington girls. So they didn't have to shake my hand, and they didn't have to see me win. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, 
like, even after the game, you know, that was going to be my moment that like, okay, you're going to have to shake my hand. You're going to have to acknowledge my talent, my hard work. And I still didn't get my moment. Um, I remember going up to my mom and I'm just like, you know, they won in the long term. Really, they still got to do college ball and you can't give me the benefit of just shaking my hand. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Wow. But, um, Man, that's crazy. That's so, crazy. So I know you, you went and, and you also took some legal actions towards this, um, towards some of the stuff that was happening to you. Can you can you talk about that or break that down for us? What made you say, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to do the um, love conquers all. And I'm going to show you how much. Whoa. She cut out. No. So, yeah, see so if she cuts back in. Yeah. Eight minutes and something left anyway. Well, let me see if this thing, when did she? No, she, she should be back then. She was coming in. What was the movie? Okay, you're back. Hello. So as you see, I don't know if you see it on your thing, there's only like seven minutes and something left. Once that runs out, just do what you did before. Just click on back to that thing and we'll come back in and we'll finish up everything. So like, okay. I, like I was saying, um, I see that you, 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 you said you're going to take some legal actions and you hold your day. You say you didn't get to hold your day in court before, but you held it on that court. Um, the basketball court, and still they try to deny you um, that gratification. So can you walk us through that, uh, the legal roles that you had to go through in order to, you know, get somebody to prove that, A, they're actually some kind of form of racism here? Okay. Um, well, after that summer game, I had finally got my confidence back that, okay, you know, I can still, I like, I'm still going to go play college ball. Like, this is not going to be the end chapter for me. And one of my friends happened to tell me about uh, Open Gym uh, for Bowie State University. And so I talked to the coach and she was like, okay, hey, it's going to be at this location and just show up. And so I got to the gym and can we start over? I got nervous for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. But I wanted, I wanted to mention Bowie and I wasn't sure how to like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you good. Yeah, you're good. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. So, how should I restart that? Um, start from start from the end of the end of the end game. of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. End you of the game you got your confidence back. Yep. You got your confidence back. Okay. Um. So after the summer league game, I had got my confidence back, and I knew that I didn't want the University of Mary Washington to be like the last chapter for me in basketball. Okay. So, and my friends happened to tell me about um, an open gym for Bowie State University. I called the coach and she let me know the location of where it was going to be at. And I showed up and, you know, I showed out. I was doing, I was the only one doing a full court defense. And she later on told me like, she's crazy. She's doing full court defense. I like her. So she told me I could try out officially, like when the season started. And my parents, um, words can never express how much my parents, how much my mom supported me throughout everything. Um, she told me that she didn't want them to be the reason why I gave up basketball, the reason why I stopped loving it, just to take my joy, because you shouldn't let anybody take your joy. Mm -hmm. and uh, her and my father said, okay, we'll pay for your semester, your first semester, but it's on you to get the good grades. It's on you to get the scholarship. And if you don't get it after that first semester, then it's on you. So I buckled down despite having to do a one and a half hour commute uh, one way. You know how DMV traffic works. It's crazy. Yes, yes, crazy. And by the time I had gotten enrolled, I couldn't live on campus. So I was doing that commute and, you know, at best, it was a three hour commute every day. But wow. there were days where I would get out of class at 10 p.m., get home 1130 p.m. And then we have 6 a.m. practice, which means mm. be there at 530 a.m., which means leave at four. And so mm. there were so many nights I was just on Starbucks because <laughs> I didn't sleep. You know, there were plenty of nights where it was just like. There's no time for that. 
I have to make sure I get this scholarship. So I ended up doing that. I got in the starting lineup. I got a scholarship and I had a 4.0. Wow. So, you know, my mom had told me that same night when she was trying to say like, you know, tears ain't going to solve anything. She said that this setback is a setup for a come up and yep, that's yep. on you to happen. So I just used all the sadness, all the tears, all the anger to motivate me to get to that part in my life. Um, yeah, love it. Getting a track scholarship as well. But unfortunately, I got a uh, injury, so I wasn't allowed to play the next year. Um, I wasn't cleared. But I understand now that God works in mysterious ways because since I couldn't, you know, do any sports and couldn't get that scholarship, I was able to turn all of my attention to the lawsuit. And I feel like that is what allowed us to win in court. Mm. And fact that um, we ended up settling but the judge said you know the fact that she went on to a higher division level of play and not only did she do this but she had the 4.0 she got in a starting lineup and y'all can't even give her a tryout that's not gonna look good in court so mm. ended up settling wow wow that's awesome man <laughs> what, what i want to know is so did you ever think in your wildest dream, I don't know if you experienced any kind of racism growing up, um, that in your lifetime, that, that those, that what the situation that you're going through or went through um, would have happened? Well, you know, I definitely knew that it was, that racism was prevalent. Um, bit of a backstory. My mom fought the worst case of environmental racism in the United States history um, in Dixon, Tennessee, where we're from. Mm. Um, and she, it was a 10 year long fight and she had breast cancer twice. We got ran off the road. Uh, she got threatened by the KKK. So, you know, <laughs> racism wow. was not a new experience to me, but given that, you know, it was in this area because my high school, uh, Garfield was in Melson Pot. So we never, you know, but I experienced in Tennessee, I never thought I would be dealing with, with people my age, much less. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, I'm listening to your story and, you know, your mind would go back to, all right, the 60s, the 50s, even the early 70s. But no, guys, this is in 2017, <laughs> 2000, right? Am I correct? What, what, around what year was it? 2000? It was 2013, 20, 2013, yeah. 2014. Yeah, 2013, 2014, man. It's like <laughs> seven, seven years ago. That's what I meant. Yeah. Seven years ago, you know. It's just like, come on, man. I mean, the society that we live in now, you would think that we're, you know, beyond a lot of these things that uh, people are facing every single day still. And, you know, I, I'm glad that Jasmine is sharing her story as to what she has experienced and that, you know, um, you know, it altered her overall dreams, but I believe that it gave her a platform for something that's coming greater for her uh, in the future. Um, travelers, I'm hoping that you're really, really getting to hear this story. Um, and that, you know, if this is a story that resonated with you, uh, based on experience that you've gone in, gone through, I encourage you to speak up, speak up about it so that, you know, it raise more of an awareness. Uh, because I know by the, the, the raising of the awareness, it helps free people, helps people to realize, you know, what's really going on uh, in the country that surround us, that we're in, um, in a lot of places where we wouldn't think that would be happening. So, you know, a, a young, we, so far we heard a story of a, a young girl that when she was young, she loved basketball and she grew up and had the passion of playing basketball, playing overseas. And, you know, she went to a college where she thought that she'd be able to have the opportunity to grow and it felt like that dream was just ripped away from her. But then that dream, that, that in, the instance that she or the experience that she had there has kind of shifted her in a different direction to where now she has a story to share with the world about, hey, once she overcome uh, racism, uh, two, she, she proved to herself just where uh, her greatness lies. And, and three, she was able to show others around her, you know, just what she is capable of, uh, which and herself, you know. Uh, with the 4.0 GPA, getting a scholarship from Bowie State, which uh, are f phenomenal things. Now, now, Jasmine, you know, I, I know there's so much more that you want to share with us, man. What, what's what, what's other, another thing that's on your mind that you want to really 
get out to the world and just share about your story? Um, well, so ever since this happened, uh, I just felt like bullying, anti-bullying is like the calling that I'm supposed to do. So I've been working on a book. I've talked to youth groups. I've talked to church groups because the bullying statistics are just astronomical. For instance, one out of every five child has said that they've been bullied. Mm. And a statistic that blew me out of the, like just blew me out of the water was um, a study from 2001 to 2017 showed that uh, the suicide rates for black male adolescent youth has risen 60%. Mm. And for black adolescent female youth, it rose 182%. And it's, it's numbers like that that just keep me up at night that I'm like, you know, I want to get to these kids. I want to talk to these kids and let them know, like, you can overcome your situation. You can go above and beyond whatever, you know, restraint somebody puts on you. And you don't have to turn to that. You can you can be your own hero. Mm. I love that. You can be your own hero. You can be your own hero. So what are some of the things that I know you said you're tough, but what is, when I first met you, I know you um we wanted to get your story out there. And I, I know that's a very, and I wanted to try to get your story out there, which we're doing now. But I, I saw that, you know, even Colin Kaepernick had um, tweeted your story out, um, DL Hughley. Um, how did you feel when, when, when you're going through those, that situation, you saw those people, you know, the, Colin Kaepernick going through what he was going through. And DL Hughley is a, is a very, um, you know, he talks about this um, these kind of situations all the time. Uh, how, how did how did that help you out, or how did you th what did you think about that? It the support that I received after the Washington Post and the Root wrote about it was Correct. just it was crazy. Like I was getting DMs, I was getting emails, I even got texts, and I'm like, how'd y'all find my number? But. You know, but it was all love. It was all love. So I was like, okay, that works. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I can't even say like validated as a word. It's just so much love that, you know, I heard from people that were like, you know, I played sports back in a time that you kind of just took whatever you were gave and you walked away because that was in the best interest for you and your family. And you know, your life, like you don't speak out about injustice. Um, I had parents reach out to me saying their kids had experienced it or they're experiencing it now. So I'm giving them your story to read, to let them know. But even beyond that, like the comments in the Washington Post and the Root and, you know, people over flooded the actual Mary Washington's like public profile saying, you know, we want justice, we want this. Mary Washington alumni reached out to me saying, this isn't right. We're going to talk about this at the next meeting. And there was also a gentleman, um, his name is Mr. Art Taylor. He created a end racism at Mary Washington. It was a petition to get the coach and the athletic director fired. And I'm just like, you know, to realize that people care, but more so that they resonate with your story and that it gives them hope. Like, that's the best thing for me. And, you know, that's why I want to talk about it um, with kids. But also when Colin Kaepernick, what? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. he's like an, like, he took the time to retweet it. Like, I cried. Like, when D.L. Hughley had the GED section covered it, I cried again. And now Miss Shirley McRae, the mayor's wife of New York, she said, um, way to stand up to the bullies. And I'm just like, wow, like, my story actually matters, like, that's crazy, and the love, the love was just, it was amazing. Oh, man, I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. So, so as, as you're going down now, and you're sharing with the youth, sharing with um, schools, you know, all around, and still sharing your story, um, what are some things you're looking for, forward to in the next couple of years as you develop this platform? I would just, um, there's another statistic out there that when there is an in-school anti-bullying platform, it decreases bullying by 25%. Mm. So I would want to part, I would want to try to be part of whatever 25 or any percent that's going to let kids know, okay, you don't have to resort to self-harm. You don't have to bully somebody else to feel validated. Like, 
that's the impact that I want to have. I just want to help kids get through whatever they're trying to get through. And adults too, because I was 20 when I went through everything and it was just as horrific and just as damaging as if I was any other age. So yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. It sounds like you got some fighters in your family though, because your mother I, going through what she went through in Tennessee um, and your dad, of course, him having to, because I know they're probably coming from, I don't want to ask their age, you know, but um, probably when they first started way back in the day, um, not, not way back in the day, but when they started interracial um, dating each other, you know, it, those, that stuff is really, you know, probably frowned, was frowned upon and it took a oh, strong yeah. person to really say, okay, we're going to do this together. Um, and, and I think that's why she was able to bring that ice cream in the room. And I'll give you that talk to say, hey, this <laughs> yeah. tears, it was somebody that went through something that had wisdom to say, these tears right here, yep, I'm going to let you cry for a little bit, but um, now we got to get up and we got to clean that barn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. got to get some oxygen in there and we got to make sure that they mess it up good enough. When they mess it up good enough, that means they're working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, so Jasmine, to t- uh, sh- share this, um, you know, knowing what you know now and we always ask our guests this just to uh, in retrospect like we say 2020 is um hindsight is 2020 right um if you can go back to your 20 year old self um first getting on the campus uh mary washington you know and you can just grab yourself for like man 30 seconds and just share something with your with your younger Mm -hmm. self uh, as she's getting ready to experience what you went through um, without knowing it, what would you share with her? I would tell her that uh, your God can turn a test into a testimony, mm. a trial into a triumph, can turn uh, a mess into a message, and can turn a victim into the victorious. Mm. I come from a praying granny, so you know. Southern Baptist. So they're Baptist green, so she's on it. Yeah, um, put some organs in here and let you preach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just let myself know that, you know, you don't, not to feel regret, you know, in terms of that I didn't do the underage drinking. Like, you know, maybe if I would have did it, they would have been my friends. Or, you know, maybe if I would have let some of my moral morals just, you know, go out the window, like, okay, they'll like me. Just to let her know, like, no, you are right for standing up and what you're doing is going to make a change. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Travelers, man. I, I really hope that you have enjoyed listening to this session here, that through this session, your, your eyes have been open to um, some of the, the difficult situations that a lot of people are going through, whether they're professionals, whether they're basketball players, whether they're students, uh, professional athletes, whatever it is, it's, it's, no respecter of person. And unfortunately, you know, the world that we live in and especially the events that we have experienced now in 2020, you know, has really brought it to even more to the limelight that there's uh, inequality, there, there is uh, injustice and there is um, bullying and discrimination still going on in, in today's world. And um, we just really want to share this episode with you. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because we were supposed to interview Jasmine back in in May or earlier earlier yep. this year, mm-hmm. um, and we we pushed it we pushed it off to today, not knowing what we were going to be experiencing right now. Correct, uh, it, it's crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm glad we had it now because before probably would have been another message mixed in with pretty plenty of messages in the past, but right now is the time and and the, and the opportunity to really share even more of these stories while ears are open and people are willing to hear the stories and not just hear the stories, but make a difference in the world that's around them. So Jasmine, before we let you go, you know, I did hear that you are writing a book and we're excited about that. Looking forward for that to come out. Um, We will keep you accountable to make sure that you don't just keep saying you're going to write a book like another guy. I know (laughs) I'm not going to mention anything. (laughs) I'm not going to mention his name on here, you know, but uh, can you just share where our listeners can learn a little bit more about you, whether it is a social media website, whatever it is that you would like to share with them. Not, you don't have to share your number. We don't need, we don't need anyone texting you. 
um, well, you know, if you want to connect with me on Facebook, it's just Jasmine Orsted. Um, Instagram is the same. And I respond to messages definitely since it's quarantine. But uh, I'm open to any type of dialogue. If you need somebody to talk you through your situation or your children's situation or you just want somebody to pray for you, I'm definitely here to let you know that whatever you're going through, you can definitely make a change and you are valid and you are important. And God will use you to make something better for somebody else. And you just can't fight it. You know, you have to accept like, okay, God uh, picks his strongest warriors to fight the toughest battles because Mm -hmm. you would have asked me if I really could have made any change initially. I probably would have been like, eh, you know, I don't know, maybe, I don't, you know, but before I went to Mary Washington, um, the 14 years prior, they only had two black girls to play on the basketball team, but three years after my lawsuit, they've had seven. Mm. So never doubt what type of impact that you can have on any type of situation. Love it. Love it. Hey, Jasmine, you know, I know you did not go on this journey alone. I know you mentioned your parents had supported you along the way. Uh, you, you, people reached out to you, um, uh, and text messages, DMs, just, uh, and, uh, from all over, just sharing the, how much they're there for you and supporting you. Uh, we know you cannot have won this journey, uh, and gone through this journey alone in terms of even representation. You say you've gone to court. Um, is there anyone else that you want to shout out right now as that helped you along this process? Yes. Um, the law firm of Victor Glassberg and Associates. Max and Chuck and Mr. Glassberg, they were angels. Um, You know, I just want them to know that they are my superheroes. They made the law live up to its potential because my mom and I, we went through the yellow book, every law firm, name by name. We went on Google. You know, we probably called 300 other law firms that didn't want to take the case, but Mm -hmm. they, and, you know, they ran with it and Without them, it wouldn't have been possible. So I definitely appreciate them. And travelers, man, that we come to the end of another show. Uh, and we ask, we, we challenge you uh, just to think think through just this show. Think through the events that took place in Jasmine's life. Think about uh, areas where you can make an impact to, you know, for change, you know, uh, in this in this situation. Uh, and we, we hope that you guys are uh, enjoying these shows, man. We, man, Marla and I, we're, we're really enjoying this, bringing these shows week after weeks to you, but we really want to hear from you. And so how we can hear from you is if you leave a review on our social media platform, leave a review on any podcast platform that you're listening to. There is no excuse. We're on every podcast platform that is out there. <laughs> so, you know, reach out to us. And if you don't know how to leave a review, reach out to us and we'll show you how, how to leave a review. Uh, but listen, man, we, we love being with you guys every single week. We love sharing these stories with you. Uh, and we hope that you are doing well wherever you are. We know right now we're still all around the world. We're still suffering and going through this whole pandemic. And uh, we just hope that everyone is safe. Everyone is he- healthy. And we will see you guys again next week at the same time on a Success Journey show. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Peace. You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.
You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.